This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. The way this war ends will define the future as we will know it. Christian Prick, ambassador from Estonia to the United States with a stark warning. And not just the the future of of people in uh, Ukraine. He says the outcome will impact the entire region and not just that the rest of the world as well. And this, he says, is the most important thing of all. That we stick together and that we also acknowledge the opportunities if we get this thing right. Getting it right will take time, a lot of money, and as already has been demonstrated, it will take lives in Ukraine. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP. In Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Okay, we're here today with uh, Ambassador Christian Prick from Estonia. Ambassador, thank you for coming by to spend some time with us today. We want to talk about a few issues. Uh, specifically Estonian defense issues, Estonian geopolitical issues. And of course, we can't start without talking about the war in Ukraine. So, um, first of all, welcome. Thank you, JJ. It's a pleasure and honor to be here and, uh, and certainly very interested to, to share our views yeah. uh, regarding the uh, defense and security issues, uh, not only in our region, but also in a wider transatlantic Estonia has been a leader in the region, in fact, around the world for a number of years when it comes to issues relating to Russia, because Estonia has had its own issues with Russia. So could you just tell us right off the bat, at the very beginning here, what Estonia's view is of Russia's war against Ukraine? Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly something that... uh should not and cannot be uh, considered an isolated event and certainly not something that uh, should be uh, considered as a uh, simply a war that, that that has its own very limited aims. As we see it, uh, this war is part of a, a wider picture and uh, just as important as Ukraine is for uh, uh, for the current Russian leadership. Uh, This war is uh, very much uh, about uh, wider uh, objectives. This war is against the, the, uh, I would say, certainly the European security architecture and uh, uh, how exactly different countries can uh, reach their aims. But uh, but, uh, it certainly also has uh, more global uh, impact and uh, whatever happens in Ukraine uh, will uh, influence the security, global security, 
certainly for decades to come, if if not uh, uh, for longer time. Estonia, <clears throat> back in the 2000s, was attacked by Russia digitally or essentially electronically, and you sounded the alarm to the rest of the world mm-hmm. about some of the capabilities that Russia had at the time, and, and since that time have become a digital leader around the world when it comes to cybersecurity, and a lot of countries have learned from you. And I'm wondering, have you seen Russia deploy any of that activity during the course of this war with Ukraine? Because everybody was thinking at the beginning there was going to be this big cyber attack, just like what happened with Georgia and then other things, but we haven't seen much of that. What has Estonia seen? What we're seeing is that uh, uh, under the surface of uh, this ugly and uh, tragic uh, conventional warfare, uh, there's certainly a layer of uh, also digital uh, warfare. Uh, we've seen it uh, not uh, not only from day one, but uh, but, but uh, the let's say preparation battlefield actually uh, started way way earlier. Uh, certainly, there were instances instances of uh, certain bugs being implanted in in the uh, in different uh, critical uh, systems uh, in Ukraine, uh, as well as uh, attempts to exploit the the vulnerabilities uh, of uh, of the systems or the bugs that were uh, implanted in, in in the system however as we see uh, what we see is that uh, that firstly ukrainians have been uh, uh, resilient smart they've uh, they've been able to uh, to m- most likely evade some of the uh, some of the attacks uh, uh, fight back uh, some some of the attacks and uh, and in uh, in many cases also uh, the uh, the Russians uh, most likely have uh, uh, intended to to exploit the very uh, very systems themselves and for for that reason uh, have not uh, uh, been willing to take the systems down. Particularly, uh, it applies to the uh, communications uh, systems. As we've we've seen throughout the war, uh, the the Russians are quite often actually relying on uh, on uh, you know commercial uh, uh, cell phone uh, cell phone systems and so on because of the lack of proper uh, independent or uh, military comms uh, uh, in their own in their own disposal. So there's. Uh, uh, a lot of things going on under the surface, mm-hmm. but uh, but certainly uh, the uh, Russians have not been succeeding as much as they've uh, you know intended to. How is Ukraine rather? How is Estonia helping Ukraine? What are you doing to assist them with your knowledge and whatever else that you're giving them or helping them with? How are you helping them? Yeah. What I have to say is that uh, when it comes to the war in uh, Ukraine, there's this Russian uh, full-scale uh, war against uh, an independent sovereign uh, uh, nation in Europe. Again, just the perception of pe- people in Estonia is that uh, that this is not just war somewhere else in some other country, but uh, they uh, feel 
very well that this this is the attack, the war against, let's say, our world, our way of life, and uh, and uh, in many ways also the war against our own security. Mm-hmm. This this is very important. Why this is important? Uh, because when we talk about Estonian support to Ukraine. Uh, we have to be uh, very um, aware that this is not just uh, government support. This is this is not just uh, uh, let's say official Estonia supporting uh, Ukraine, but this is a uh, whole of nation effort. I personally don't have single member of family or single uh, friend who hasn't uh, in some, one way or another in uh, supporting uh, Ukraine. Either through grassroots efforts or or uh, some uh, some other some other way. Now, uh, talking about the uh, to uh, talking about the most visible uh, kind of support, Estonia was among the very first countries to uh, to send uh, lethal military assistance to uh, Ukraine before the uh, uh, war started, uh, because uh, the let's say the sign was. Certainly out there, uh, uh, and and uh, we felt that uh, we need to help Ukraine to uh, to uh, to fight back. As of now, we are talking about uh, uh, approximately one uh, percent of our own uh, GDP. Uh, the the military assistance that Estonia has uh, given to uh, to Ukraine uh, since the beginning of uh, beginning of this year. Again, one percent of uh, uh, GDP, which is uh, around close to uh, uh, one third of our own uh, defense budget, and we've sent uh, uh, pretty much, you know, the the ammunition, the equipment, uh, uh, the gear across the board, starting from uh, anti-tank. Uh, 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 missile la- la- uh, rocket launchers or or uh, anti-tank mines to to, to rifles to um, ammunition to uh, to uh, howitzers to winter gear to uh, uh, personal protection uh, uh, equipment uh, to uh, vehicles so on so forth the list is very very long and uh, mm-hmm. and we are constantly trying to to find uh, additional ways how, how to uh, support uh, Ukraine. Certainly, this is this is not the uh, the only way we're supporting. Uh, there there is a, a very uh, strong uh, uh, humanitarian aid uh, effort, both uh, uh, from the government as well as uh, uh, from uh, you know different NGOs and and so on and so forth. But uh, what I would particularly emphasize here is the. Uh, the assistance that we are giving, giving to Ukrainians uh, by uh, by welcoming uh, the Ukrainian refugees, mostly uh, uh, women, uh, kids, and the elderly, uh, to Estonia, we have received uh, around four uh, percent of our population of uh, of uh, Ukrainian refugees. So, in the in the context of uh, the U.S. That would amount to around uh, uh, 12, 13 million people yeah. in, uh, in the duration of this uh, uh, past nine, nine months. This is considerable. And yet we don't have any uh, refugee camps in Estonia. Uh, we've, uh, we've been able to, to uh, find proper shelter uh, to all of them. We are providing the, uh, 
the same uh, universal healthcare that our uh, uh, you know, our citizens or uh, people with uh, uh, residence permits uh, get get in Estonia. Uh, we, we've uh, we found uh, the ways how to uh, send the Ukrainian kids to school and so on and so forth. So this is a massive effort, which uh, often uh, doesn't get as much uh, attention as uh, the military gets. But this is important too. Yes, I know a couple of people who are actually helping uh, refugees in their homes, their right. houses or summer houses or other places that they're not living. Uh, and that's pretty remarkable, um, giving, making sure that they have medical care. I mean, there are some efforts that are transformational that are teaching the rest of the world what to do and how to handle a situation. Because I don't think anybody expected Europe to be in a war like this ever mm -hmm. again after World War II. But yet here we are. Two more brief subject areas before time's up. Um, I want to ask you about uh, what's important to Estonia right now, um, geopolitically, whatever. What's what's the most important element for you and your country at this point? Maybe this sounds as a cliche, but I have to say that uh, at this point and th at this junction uh, juncture uh, of time, and we can say that uh, subject uh, number one two and three for us is this particular war we have to we collectively have to uh, get this thing right we uh, as i said before uh, we uh, don't consider this war as a uh, uh, thing in itself we uh, are certain that uh, the way this war ends will de define uh, the future as we will know it know it and not just uh, uh, the future of uh, of people in uh, Ukraine, but also uh, uh, people uh, in the uh, cert certainly the people of uh, uh, let's say NATO eastern flank, but even even more. And and we we certainly believe that uh, uh, that uh, the results of this uh, this war uh, and the uh, lessons from this war will also guide. Uh, the way uh, the global security uh, will uh, uh, develop uh, in in the in the coming de decades, this will uh, uh, this will uh, uh, give uh, important lessons to uh, to uh, uh, countries and leaderships, uh, not only in Europe and in the transatlantic trans area, but also in Asia, in Middle East, uh, and elsewhere. So uh, uh, we consider it extremely important that we do acknowledge the risks involved with this uh, particular conflict, but we don't uh, that, but that we stick together, and that we also acknowledge the uh, the opportunities if we get this thing right. We we should not be afraid. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't get spooked. By the uh, Russian tactics of uh, fear, pain, and uh, you know sometimes crumbles of hope. So fear when whenever they come up with something new like uh, like dirty bomb or or tactical nuclear weapon or, or something like that. Pain when they uh, attack the uh, the uh, ener uh, electrical uh, uh, power circuit in in uh, Ukraine or when they close the uh, natural gas tap to uh, to Europe. 
and hope whenever they uh, you know uh, show the their uh, alleged readiness to negotiate but without uh, without giving up their maximalist goals we should stay the course and uh, and if we do then uh, the rewards are global very interesting um the last thing um your relationship with the united states can you characterize the relationship it's deep it's long but it's centered around security and this year we celebrated uh, 100 years of uh, diplomatic relations uh, between uh, the united states and the uh, uh, the uh, countries of uh, estonia and also our neighbors other neighbors latvia and, uh, and lithuania uh, even throughout the cold war when uh, our countries were uh, illegally occupied and annexed by the by the soviet union the united states never recognized uh, our uh, status as uh, occupied and annexed our people appreciate it very much and remember it very well and and uh, certainly uh, when it comes to our relationship we have uh, excellent uh, uh, relations to through the estonian uh, community in in the in the us we have uh, uh, increasing and improving uh, uh, economic ties uh, we have uh, nice uh, cultural events and everything but uh, but uh, security is in the in the middle of this relationship Mm-hmm. And uh, we like to think that this is not just a one-way relation, relationship. It's not just uh, us benefiting uh, from uh, from any, everything that the U.S. can globally do, but uh, but we really believe that we are uh, a good ally. Uh, you can count on us when uh, when the U.S. Uh, uh, needs uh, help, support, maybe sometimes a bit of advice, and uh, and. Uh, uh, we are there when uh, when uh, allies need our help. So, uh, so whether whether it's uh, uh, something uh, uh, in our neighborhood or uh, farther away, uh, we are we are ready to tackle the uh, the global challenges together. Ambassador, thank you. I appreciate this. I appreciate your candor and um, the approach that you're taking to explaining this because we Americans have been locked into this war for the same amount of time as everyone else has, but we are looking at it from afar. But you are right there in the thick of it. You're not in Ukraine, but you're right next to them. And you understand probably better than almost anyone what kind of enemy Russia has been to that region. So thank you for laying it all out and being very clear about it. Thank you, JJ. And uh, let's stick together and uh, uh, let's push through it. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode, unrest in China. It's very simple, I think. Uh, People are fed up with being locked down at home. Francesco Sisi, longtime China journalist and analyst, says people are watching the rest of the world and they're not happy about what they're seeing at home. I mean, people are following the World Cup of football. Football is the most popular sport in China, and they see there the stadiums are totally free. People don't wear masks, and they see, (laughs) uh, on the contrary, that China 
three, almost three years after the outbreak of COVID-19, is still fully locked down in COVID-19. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. For nine years, a man terrorized women across the D.C. region. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series, available October 4th on all podcast platforms.